Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Hello, everybody, or hello, sports fans. I'm Aaron Warner. With me, as always, my co-host, Stefan Heck, and for the first time ever, a special guest, Ryan Lambert of EP Ringside and Puck Soup. What's, What's up, up, everybody? I- I'm I'm happy to have Ryan here. I'm happy. I think he's a he's like the perfect first guest. I think. Yeah, um, I, I I tend to agree with that. I think uh, he's a he's a smart guy. He's very funny. I know I'm gassing him up right now, which I, I know he loves. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the best. Thank you. But I, I I think he's a very he's he's the perfect guest for a show where we basically just like talk shit about the Vancouver Canucks um, for like an hour. Uh, so Ryan, I hope you're ready to do that. Uh, born ready to talk shit about any uh, <laughs> NHL team, player, coach, whatever you got. I'm I'm happy to do it. It's- Man, I miss how mad people like when when you would do uh, like the end of year, uh, like when a team would get eliminated or whatever, and you'd like write articles about or like just people would get so mad at you. I feel like they yeah. get less mad at you now. Um, but like mid 2010s, I feel like was <laughs> yeah. maybe your prime for people getting really pissed off at you on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it, not, not that you're not capable of it anymore, but <laughs> no, I, I feel like a, I've definitely lost my edge. I'm not, I'm not out there trying to just absolutely torch everybody all the time now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, look, I'm getting older. What am I going to tell you? <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, like, back in the Yahoo days, when I when I used to write for Yahoo, uh, the comment sections, like, the number of people reading my articles every week, like, I don't know what they were, but it was a lot. And so, you know, when you increase your audience, you increase the number of yeah. extremely stupid guys who are reading yeah. your shit. And Yahoo, <laughs> I feel like, has, like, I mean, even for the internet, has, like, dumb comment sections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it would show that to anybody that was playing Yahoo Fantasy Hockey. So you have just exactly. everybody in the world that has no time for these courses and these Fenwicks. And I, I think like the hockey media has also changed in the last 10 years quite a bit where mm-hmm. you know, people actually will talk about expected goals and, and whatnot on broadcast, right? Yeah. I also feel like, I mean, EP Ringside, I subscribe to it. Oh, it's that's great. Nice, I've, been using, I've been using it for my, uh, my Keeper League, which... We can maybe get into later because I'm interested in some of your opinions on my on my team. <laughs> okay, um, but there's Fantasy no comment theory. section there, is there? Is there a comment section? Thank God there isn't. No. Yeah, but I feel like if there was, it would not be that bad, probably. Because the analytics comment section gets pretty bad still. That's true, which is surprising to me. That not people are like paying for it and like, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess every comment section is going to just devolve and and get bad eventually, but. Um, the funniest one to me was like Canucks Army during the reign of Jim Benning, uh, where they're writing these like really smart articles, just like tearing him apart. And you would just get the dumbest people in the world in the Canucks Army comments who are like reading every single article and just like getting stupider and like not learning anything. It's like so incredible to me. Like the Athletic has a lot of great stuff on it. Canucks Army 
especially during during the Benning years, had a lot of great stuff on it. And you'd get these people who are like reading like the entire articles, reading every article and just getting mad at it. And okay, far be it from me to look, it's fun to look at stuff on the internet that makes you mad. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. Made that's like my whole that's my whole career. Yeah. yeah. But these guys are doing it in like a not funny way. So <laughs> Right. Well, the problem is that like nobody reads an article, and this is speaking as a guy who, again, like comment sections just existed to say I'm a fucking idiot for <laughs> ten years or however long I wrote for <laughs> Yahoo, right? But nobody is on there like commenting, Well, oh, this is a good article, thank you. You know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. just like now listen, you said Roberto Luongo had a 9-11 save percentage in uh, 2013. Uh, it was 9-14. Fuck you. Like, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, Um, people aren't, people aren't commenting to be, to be nice and agreeable. Yeah. They're, they don't want to start like a dialogue with you. No. You know? Um, although they do strike me as the type of people who like now on Twitter would be like, I think it's, I think we should start a dialogue. I think we should, I think we should talk. I want to like, I want to hear everyone's opinion. So I'm not in an echo chamber like that. That's sort of like dumbass guy. <laughs> um, but, but I feel like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I've just like cultivated a, a good enough, uh, timeline, uh, on, on my hockey account, but I am seeing, and this is maybe specifically just like Canucks related. And I don't know how, uh, I mean, you you follow all the teams in the league, obviously, and the Canucks are always doing something interesting. But Boy, I, I feel they? like <laughs> Canucks fans on Twitter have gotten uh, okay. They haven't gotten smarter. The dumb ones have just like stopped posting as much recently. There's, there's still some dumb ones. Oh, I mean, there definitely are. And the ones that are left are like the really, really dumb ones. So it sort of makes up for the less dumb ones leaving. So I had this in my notes for something I wanted to talk about today. There was a tweet after, I forget if it was the Sharks or the Montreal game, both two hilarious games this week. And it was, if you take away the first seven losses that they started the season with, (laughs) the Canucks, they've been playing at a... At the ninety-eight point pace. Wow, the, the, and they're right on the edge of the playoffs. If you just take yeah, it's out not the even first that good of a pace. Games they lost. Oh my god! God <laughs> damn, that's, really that's like su- such a classic dumb guy thing to post. Where it's like, uh, well, yeah, the Oilers are a good team, but if you took away McDavid and Drysaddle, they wouldn't be very good. As if that's like a. a interesting thing to say you know that like, but that at least has some basis where it's like what oh why are the oilers not as good as they should be and you would go right. oh it's because when those two guys are off the ice uh the rest of the team right. stinks like that's <laughs> sure. at least but that's like yeah hey look if you if you just took uh you know that that 13 game winning streak the devils had you just didn't count that they'd only have like 14 points right now <laughs> it's yeah. a great point yeah you got them well, and then even like the, the pat we'll, we'll get into the details of the last few games, but like, yeah, they've been fun. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like a seven, the seven, six game against Montreal was insanely fun, but it was also like the stupidest game of the year. And like the San Jose game also very fun and very stupid. The Arizona game sucked, but like they barely beat three absolute dog shit teams. Yeah. Like, and, and they, they easily could have lost all three of those games. And, and they- so Canucks, Canucks, they deserve to lose probably at least two of those games. Well, if but, you look at the underneath the hood for that Sharks game, man, the yeah. Canucks only had thirty four percent of the scoring chances. They're out yeah. against uh, tw- twenty to thirty eight against the fucking San Jose Sharks, and then yeah. 
they had the slight <sighs> edge against uh, the Canadians, and it was uh, oh no no they were tied in scoring chances against the Montreal Canadians, and then they <laughs> slightly above the Coyotes. Um, the Coyotes famously I mean, a great team, but like yeah. the point the point is right like 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 you're saying it took three straight comebacks and overtimes to beat all these dog shit teams. So like you got the yes. two points and they can't take them away from you. But like, what does yeah. it tell well, you? Well, unless the- unless a fan hypothetically does take them away from you, sure. some sort of weird tweet <laughs> thing. But um, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, what, like, what does it say I, about the Canucks I, to barely beat those teams? Like, get lucky to beat those teams. Quite frankly, I. I think it essentially says what we we knew they were at the start of the season, which is a shitty team that is occasionally fun, sure. um, which is like fine. You know, um, I definitely thought and maybe this is just me having like not watching them for like two years and kind of coming back to them. But I, I did give them like a 50 percent chance to make the playoffs. I was like, they have I would a good, have said coin flip, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like their forwards, their forward depth is good. They have a really good power play. But I think I actually underestimated just how bad their defense is. The, well, like depth it's, is, it's good and it's oh. not good as well. Right. Like there's just yeah. a lot of the same player. Yeah, I had them at the beginning of the year because I do like a power rankings every two weeks that I have to do because you have to do a power rankings if you're a hockey writer, like it's legally required of you. So come we got to start doing those too, Aaron. <laughs> it, uh, so uh, at the beginning of the year, I had them uh, 18th in the in the league. Right. Yeah. yeah right in the middle. Like yeah. right in the middle, but like, ooh, probably not a playoff team. Um, yes, sir. And, yeah. and it was I think mostly it was mostly because I thought like. Demko was unbelievable last year and they were barely not a playoff team. So I figured yeah. he'd come back to earth a little bit mm-hmm. and they, and they'll be slightly worse than that. Um, and then yeah. uh, the second week I was like, no, they're 28th in the league. They're fucking <laughs> awful. <laughs> right. Like that's. I, yeah. That's I, I, I feel like, I, I mean, Demko being out is, I guess they've like won most of those. Well, They've won two of the... Anyway, Demko being out, I don't think is necessarily... Like, I think they probably would still lose the same amount of games with Demko and Net the way he's been playing. Um, so I don't think it's that huge of a loss this year, weirdly. The way Demko is playing, obviously, if he was playing great, it would be uh, another thing altogether. But like, yeah, I just... I, I'm I'm starting to gradually come to terms with the fact that the Canucks are going to be picking like 13th overall this year. Yeah. They're, um, they're now in a race to get to again, like 20th place in the league. They're going to do it. You're going to be in uh, Calgary flames, we, like mid two thousands territory where you're just always picking 14th. We are, yeah. uh, we're, we're 23rd in the league by points right percentage now. sandwiched right. in between the capitals and the Sabres. Uh, they've got the Senators and the St. Louis Blues hot on their tail as well. And if they pick it up, they might be able to bash Nashville, get to get to 21st. Yeah. I, I mean, tonight seems like one of those games where if they play, because they're playing Minnesota tonight yeah. uh, in, in just about 40 minutes here. Um, and that seems like the type of game where if they play like they do against, or they did against uh, Montreal, San Jose, Arizona, they're just going to get absolutely caved in. Yeah, um, the betting line is even, and Minnesota's on the second half of a back-to-back, having played uh, four or three games in four nights. Okay, all right. Yeah, I I don't know. I uh, <sighs> Ryan, I just need you to tell me that the Canucks are going to win the Connor Bedard lottery. That's all I need to hear. Uh, you know, I think. Um... <laughs> I think they don't have the best chance of that, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's just 
so I I said like this year this this draft class for for those who don't know is like ridiculous like top ten picks or like a, a guy you take 10th this year probably would have been like a top five or six pick in last year's draft. That's how good yeah. this year's draft is. Yeah. Like Will Smith is like, what, like an eight, like seventh or eighth overall pick right now. Yeah. And he's just like, Decimating so good. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't, obviously you want to get Connor Bedard. You want to get a Matt Bay Mitchkov. You want to get Adam Fantilli. Those those are like three three guys who would have gone first overall last year are your first three oh, yeah. picks mm-hmm. in the draft. Um, yeah. But like, so I don't really think it's the end of the world to be like picking eighth or whatever. But yeah, you want to be as fucking bad as possible, because if you can get into the top three, you're getting a franchise player. And I've been saying yes. this all year. And when I say it again, people get mad. Uh, you only one team can win the draft lottery or whatever. And it's like, no, the point is this year. Like three teams win the draft lottery, more or less, like effectively. Yes, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think people. I mean, we've talked about the the draft on here before as Canucks fans, and uh, because of my keeper league, where I am openly tanking for Connor Bedard, I'm zero and eight so far this year. Nice, uh, Very things good. are looking good. Um, but I mean, it's just like it's so fucking stacked. It's insane. And the other thing that I feel like fans just still do not understand about tanking is that it's also about getting higher picks in later rounds too. Sure. So it's about picking 33rd overall, you know, yeah, so like, you can take wh- Cole Lind over be. Jason Roberts. Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people fuck that up obviously, but I was looking yeah. back at that draft today. It's very funny. You know, I was, I was thinking about this because, um, I can't remember what, oh, somebody brought up the U11 draft and that was the one time I've ever actually been to the draft. And I just remember mm-hmm, everybody yeah. in the media section just being like, what the fuck? Me, I was at the Canucks nights. Yeah, I was right. at the draft party at Rogers Arena and just the air just went out of the entire, it was, it was so depressing. But, but even to the point about like picking high in the second round or whatever, that was the draft where Alex to inexplicably drops to Chicago, like 40th overall or whatever he was. And again, everybody that I was sitting near in the media core is like, well, somebody's got to pick this fucking guy. Right. And like, <laughs> you know, the, the first round, ra- the first night of the draft ends and he's still on the board. Everybody's like, I don't know what, you know, somebody's going to get a, a steal here. And then, yeah, well, like Logan Stankoven a couple of years, but like it, there's, every, it seems like that's still happening somehow. Where yeah. a small guy who just scores so much will drop into the second round or like the late first. Like I feel like um, who's the guy in Kelowna this year? Andrew Andrew Crystal, yeah, Crystal, uh, who's just like tearing up the WHL, but he's like small. He's five six, so or like whatever. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So people don't have him that, but like it, I I don't know. I mean the Canucks. <sighs> I, I will say the one time they picked like a small scoring guy that I wanted them to pick who was falling, it was Jordan Schrader. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can't win them all. But like the point, the no. point is, you know, like uh, I th- I think what happens w- with, with short guys in particular is uh, people get so concerned about like, well, the first time they get hit in the NHL, they're going to die. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> That Like, I heard it, uh, you know, I I watched Johnny Gaudreau his entire run in college. I saw him probably play like 35 times over the course of his three years in college. Mm -hmm. And 
everybody's like, well, once once he gets hit, once he gets hit, once he gets hit, and it's like, has Johnny Gaudreau ever gotten hit hard in the NHL ever? He's been in the league yeah. like eight fucking years. Nobody can fucking put a finger on him. Yeah, and even someone like uh, like Pedersen, who's like tall but but very light. Yeah, and he did get thrown around a bit sure his did. first year or two. Like, I mean, he got destroyed a couple of times. Yeah, right? He had a Mike rock Matheson bottom whatever, that one right? time, right? Remember that? Oh, my God. Uh, Michael Matheson, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, he has, he's just such a smart player. I think it's, 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 the, it's the hockey IQ. When a player is that smart, they can generally stay out of situations where they're going to get destroyed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Goudreau, obviously, is super fast, too, so that helps, but... Uh, who's the guy the the Flames called up and I think is playing tonight? He um, is, yeah, Matthew um, Matthew Phillips. Matt Phillips. He's like yeah. five five seven. Yeah, he's and tiny, he's, and he's scoring like a goal a game in the AHL right now. Yeah, Damn. And he's like five seven, like one hundred and sixty pounds or something. Like he's almost like Nathan Gerby size. Yeah, and everybody's um, like, oh, why why aren't the Flames calling this guy up? And it's like, look who their fucking coach is. Like Daryl Sutter is like yeah. a five <laughs> six guy. I'm not putting him in my lineup. I don't know if did you Wait. see the there was like an infographic or someone put all the the, the stats together the numbers together of like guys that uh, Daryl Sutter called up over the course of his career yeah. uh, as either the coach or GM and like I think he's only called up like two or three guys under five nine like ever um, and it was wow. like an accident or something right like he was like oh I didn't mean to call up that guy that was my mistake yeah but it's weird because he. he He's had small guys on his team that were like there before or whatever, right? Johnny Gaudreau. And he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he and he loved them, right? So I mean, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like the NHL, they're they're always going to have that bias, I guess. Um, yep. But it's yeah, crazy I mean, because it's like it's not even you don't even have to be like six two or whatever. You just can't be like five ten or under. Like if if it's a choice. Let's put it this way. If it's a choice between like Sidney Crosby, who's 5'11", maybe he's like 5'10", 5'11", or Connor McDavid, like in their absolute primes, people will go, well, you pick Connor McDavid every single time. And it's like, well, Sidney Crosby's like one of the five best centers in the history of the league, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's yeah. two inches shorter. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I do want to. I, sure I do want to get to, I don't know if, uh, I think Aaron saw this, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, owner of the Canucks, Francesco Aquilini, uh, tweeted uh, just about an hour and a half ago. Um, and he he has been, you know, we, we, we talked about before we started recording, Mark Spector maybe deleting some of his tweets automatically, which is maybe <laughs> a, a good move on his part. But Aquilini has been like deleting posts where he's like hyping up the team at the start of the year and stuff. And he's like, oh, training camp looks great. I'm so excited for the season, blah, blah, blah. And he'll like go back and delete those old posts. But what he is doing now uh, is he has uh, limited replies on his posts. So it's only people he has mentioned and he has not mentioned anybody. And that is so like satisfying to me that we as Canucks fans have bullied this like billionaire owner. Into like actively making it so no one can reply to his posts online because the replies, like they are so they're really mean, and I I mean I love it. I mean it's, it's sure. probably just in the quote tweets now, right? Oh, the quote tweets are. I mean he's getting absolutely they're fucked up beating in the quote his tweets. ass. The <laughs> they are beating his ass in the quote <laughs> tweets. There are some really. I mean, there's some really bad ones. I will. Okay. <laughs> Sell the, the team, you fucking I... scumbag. Hide your replies, <laughs> LOL. The first one I saw is from uh, JDog29. You don't know shit about Puck, you rat bitch. 
it's so it's so good. But like those, he was getting those replies just like straight up to whatever he posted. Um, nice and so now day, it, Bozo. Yeah. Um, but I do want to point this out. So he he posted two pictures. Uh, I guess they had some sort of uh, event uh, at Rogers Arena in the Canucks locker room, uh, and the event is called Lessons in the Locker Room. And he, so he posted these two pictures. He said, lessons in the locker room, great bunch of kids who want to do better, been involved for 15 years. And then he posted like, uh, like a really washed out picture where it appears there's like, I think there's like a magician walking around the locker yeah, room that's and a tight. bunch of uh, kids are watching the magician. Uh, you better then, not step on the logo. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, he made it disappear at first, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, the second picture is so funny and it's just like, it really sums up who Aquilini is to me. So it's like a really poorly cropped photo, first of all, of him just like standing like you. I'll, I'll, I'll link the post right now, Ryan. I don't know if I, don't I, know got, if no, I, it, I have it on the timeline. OK, yeah. So uh, it's just very he's like front and center. You, you don't really see that many other people like you can't see like all the people seated off to the side. So it's entirely focused on him. He's he's got the worst fit I've ever seen. Um, this is his a pants classic are just, uh, like. <laughs> Uh, tech asshole fit yes. for sure. Like, yeah, we, like a uh, weirdly um, not, not, they're not like weirdly to, they're weirdly tight in places. Yes. You know what I and mean? They're the very wrinkled his, his pants. The, yeah. You yeah. did not, you did not run an iron over these. And the, the shoes are, are I, I, I'm going to say, what are those to the shoes? Even though <laughs> yeah, they probably 100%. cost $12,000, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he's wearing, uh, yeah, again, going back to the, the, the tech guy look, the, the kind of zip, uh, zip up like fleece with the, with the big like, collar with mm-hmm. a very, very big collar, very tight um, in the midsection and loose in the arms. Yeah, what is what is very interesting about this picture to me is that clearly, so he's posted this like from his phone, presumably. Um, but instead of just posting the actual picture itself, he took a screenshot of his photos app. Uh, no, and actually, if you look, oh yeah, no, well, you're if you look right. at the it's top left, it says mail in the top left. It says mail. So, I think someone so he clicked an attachment. To them. Yeah, yes, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. I think you're right. So someone emailed it to him. He clicked on the photo. It opened it from the mail app on his. Uh, on his iPhone, which by using the mail app on your iPhone is, is so funny also, instead of just having the Gmail app, but I digress. Um, and then instead of cropping it properly, it's just like it, the entire phone screen. 7.38 so, PM, 7:38 PM, battery. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's going to charge his fucking four phone. Bars. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's just like, it's such a small thing, obviously. Like it doesn't in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but it's like, it really is just such a classic stupid guy thing to do uh, to just like not know how to post a photo onto Twitter from your phone. Um, and he's, he's running a billion dollar business. I don't like, it's crazy. I don't want to defend Francesco Aquilini, but I okay. will say okay. that if you're a billionaire, you don't have to know how your fucking phone works. What do you do? I mean, that's shit? true. Yeah. yeah. And probably someone else maybe posted it on, on his behalf too. Yeah. Um, but man, it, it is just, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy as a Canucks fan that uh, our team's owner is scared of us. Uh, that is that is the best thing you can hope for. Maybe he'll start your, to listen one owner. day. Uh, I I don't <laughs> do not think that will ever happen. You're, yeah, but, no, for sure not. But but our our uh, our internet harassment is working. We are we have harassed a billionaire sports team owner into 
not locking his account, but sort of <laughs> getting closer to locking his account. Online bullying works. We we see it, it time and again. Absolutely. We got to start uh, tweeting at OEL telling him to retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, this is something I was thinking about this week. How fucked up is the addition to of Garland to that goddamn trade? Because it's, I remember at the time people were saying, well, Canuck's got the best player in the trade is Garland, and he's really good. He's got good underlings. But it's so absurd. I was just thinking about this a lot this week. that They added a first to get, I want to say Garland's contract's an albatross contract. Like, OEL's is certainly an albatross contract. Didn't he only have yeah. one like, year left and they extended him? Or am I wrong about that? He was an RFA when they traded for him. Okay. And then they immediately yeah. okay, signed him. I think it was like five by five, something like that. Which, like, is not a horrible contract. Yeah, that's, I don't not, think. that's not a backbreaker uh, for you. Th- think and, of it from a, a broader context, though. Like, they were trying to clear yeah. cap space so Hughes and Pedersen couldn't get offer sheeted. Yeah. So they could have theoretically just done, like, an already bad trade of, like, their expiring contracts to save a little bit on OEL. And then they would have an extra $5 million to have, like, signed Pedersen long-term instead of what they're looking at now where he's going to be commanding well north of 10 million if he keeps up this pace. Oh, he'll be getting like, <laughs> yeah, he'll be getting like $12 million. Yeah, he's, a, season, he's an easy $11 million player for he's, me. He's so good. He I mean, I, I am, I'm genuinely so, like he's, he might be my favorite Canuck of all time just based on like how invested I am. It, like I, I wanted them to draft him. Uh, Aaron has heard this so many yeah. times. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted them to draft him in like March of his draft year. I was like on board so early and for him to be like this sick and like, He's the closest thing the Canucks have had to Pavel Datsuk, who's also one of my favorite players of all time. And all I can hope for with Pedersen is that he doesn't end up uh, in like a Russian Orthodox church cult. I was just uh, going to say, retires. hold up in a fortress yeah. in uh, <laughs> yeah. Novarabisk or whatever. Yeah, This is actually um, something I wanted to ask Ryan about is where would you like tier Pedersen in the league in terms of centers? Like, I think he's slightly out of the like very top like McDavid Matthews tier. Yeah, I can't I can't put him like top five, but I'd say comfortably top ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like so in, the, in the same, seven, same eight as range. I was thinking that. Yeah. 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 Cause he's like, I mean, last year he started out pretty bad, but then he was basically playing like this for the second half of the season. Um, you know, now, and now yeah, that he's I on, think about it, maybe I maybe I can put him top five. I had yeah, I haven't thought to, about this in a while. I guess let me look at a list of yeah. centers in the league. Top NHL centers. Let's see. Okay, we're gonna do this here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good centers. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's right the now. thing is every time you're like, well, I mean, I guess he's better. Than, well, he's not as good as these four guys I just thought of. So you know, yeah, because I mean, you have McDavid, Matthews, Drysidel, McKinnon, mm-hmm. right there, right? right? Stamkos, Crosby. I, I would put him ahead of Stamkos uh, at this point in his in Stamkos' yeah. career. As much as I think Stamkos is still awesome, like they yeah. they really put him in a position to uh, succeed. Like, kind of, it's not quite the way they're using Tage Thompson, where it's like you really only get power right. play minutes. But like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he he is put in a position to succeed. Whereas Patterson, God. Tage Thompson, Tage Thompson is so fucking cool. He, he's, oh my man. God. He's so dope. Now there's a guy you want to talk about a guy who uh, in his draft year. I don't. This is the thing I say all the time. Tage Thompson, his yeah. draft year, he's playing for the University of Connecticut. Scored one five on five goal all year. Man, and now he's just like the best goal scorer in the Before NHL. Before last <laughs> season, he his career high in goals in the NHL was eight. 
And he's got <laughs> what like the fuck happened. And, he, and he's got like sixty <laughs> goals in his last like hundred and twenty games or something like that. It's oh crazy. My God. He's he's terrifying. When he, so when he scored the the four goals in the in the first period or whatever, I went to uh, I went to eBay to like look up his like rookie autograph cards because I was like I. I feel like he's probably still a little bit undervalued. Yeah. And maybe I'll try and like snag one. And literally as I was like clicking through various auctions, they were just getting bought out immediately because <laughs> a bunch of like weird nerds just like me had the exact same idea. <laughs> yeah. No, he, back, um, back to the Pedersen thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I would say he's like Eichel Barkov tier, like slightly I, I, below your McDavid's and Matthews. I would put him below both those. So I guess we're back to the seven eight range, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But like I said, like every time you that's go, good. Oh yeah, no, that guy, that guy's really good too. And then you think about another center, and you're like, oh, he's even better though. I guess. And I, and I, so yeah. me, I, Pedersen's a guy. I I got a lot of shit a few years ago for saying like. I think he's on track to maybe be one of the maybe I think I said maybe maybe the best player in Canada, like coming off that one sick year he had like two or three years ago. And McDavid I, was kind of iffy. My and this is maybe not you know, obviously the Canucks have had a pretty rough history, but they've had some you know, I'll say it. I'll hey, I'll say it. The Canucks have had some good players before. <laughs> for sure. Um yeah. but uh I I do think man, I mean if it, it just depends on if I really hope they resign him, but I really think he has the potential to be the best Canuck of all time. Like uh, as much as I love the Sedins, as much as it, I love Beret, he's so good. He's gonna get a, he's gonna get a hundred point season this year in what his his fifth season or whatever. Yeah. Like he's he's so good while playing penalty kill and like those two games against shitty teams that they had to go to OT and and win. The only reason they got to OT and the only like he scored both overtime goals. Yeah. And he also set up both tying goals as well. Like, I believe so. Like he just, yeah, yeah he, he takes over games and away individually. I don't know if Canucks players have, like obviously the Sedins as a tandem would do that all the time. Yeah. I guess like, you have to Hard respect to Marcus Nesland as well. Like for sure. He, in that yeah. in the dead puck era, he was putting up, I don't think he had a hundred point season. Did he? Maybe it's like nineties. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely I, won the, uh, the art Ross one year uh, the, in terms of like the best. I mean, uh, the Sedins were incredible, obviously beret too, but like I, I, this is maybe going to sound a little insane, but I think like the best player I have seen for the Canucks, like at his absolute best was, uh, Todd Bertuzzi that like one oh, season and a half where <laughs> he just like, he just couldn't be touched. Yeah. And he was basically just playing like Lindros. What a trade Luongo uh, for him, man. <laughs> like God, man. They did. that, that that Bertuzzi season where he was just, you know, before the Steve Moore stuff, uh, he was like you couldn't touch him. He and he was he had such soft hands. He was so fucking good for that season and a half. Um, but I, I do want to ask you, Ryan, as as a non Canucks fan, as an outsider, what are your thoughts on Andre Kuzmenko? Because Aaron and I fucking love him. Um, I guess I don't watch the Canucks enough or as closely as to have like a he se- he seems like he's good. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Th- so this is- I will say, I think you should, you should start watching. You should start watching for him because he is a lot of fun. Yeah. He's, he's very, very interesting too. Cause he's on pace for like, I think 70 points right now, something close yeah, to that, wow. but he's a pending UFA and he's only played 30 NHL games. So do you try and resign him? Yeah. Of do course. you trade for him? What would even his, his deadline like cost B because he's like a yeah. pretty unproven despite 
scoring a shitload on the power play. I mean, it's the classic Canucks thing. It's the classic Canucks thing of uh, will they or won't they trade him at the deadline? And if we've learned anything from the past decade, it's won't they? Uh, they they won't. Um, <laughs> but There's... yeah, I mean that that is the most frustrating thing as a Canucks fan, Ryan. Um, at, at least from my perspective, is how many opportunities they've had in the last eight years or so to like actually sell at the deadline, and yeah, they've done it like they've done it once. If we're being generous, they've done it the once. The Burroughs trade, I guess, is that that's like the, the one trade year. And yeah. The, the Hansen trade. But again, one of those trades was because they had to because of the expansion draft. Right. Um, oh. So so I wouldn't even consider that really selling. But um, I yeah, on, anyway, on that I'm, note, I'm let's just talk thinking about, about the deadline the, and getting all pissed off. Now. Let's talk about <laughs> the this deadline coming up and the players that they have and the d- various rumors surrounding the Canucks. Yeah. So the first one is the Shen thing. Uh, pending UFA. I hope. I mean, they this can is get a fucking a easy one. It's, it should this be is... the most obvious fucking thing in the world. Am I? But you am I going Canucks insane here? That that you... the amount of Canucks fans who are like, "Don't trade Luke Shen." <coughs> what are you fucking well, talking you need about? Him there to provide younger young, the young prospects coming up leadership. Oh. And it's like, what fucking young prospects? Who? He's he's friends with Quinn Hughes. Yeah. So is everyone else on the team? It's a. What do we? Who cares? He's. He's what thirty four. He's he's like my age, whatever, <laughs> not that old. Uh, but uh, he, like, what what do you need him for right now? Like, it's it's not. I, it's just so. Oh, man, I'm just getting really worked up right now. But you are. It's, it's just like actually. I'm sorry. Everyone. I don't care. It, it, it's like legitimately blowing my mind that there are Canucks fans who still do not understand the point of selling at the deadline yeah, and, and would rather just hold on to like a veteran player because he, and look, I like Luke Shen. He's been a lot of fun. I think he probably is great in the locker room. He's playing well with Quinn Hughes, but it's Luke Shen. It's Luke Shen. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a thing that I, uh, I encounter a lot because I am very much an advocate of, if you're not like a top eight or 10 team in the league, you should be getting rid of every UFA you have, unless you're like, working toward it like if you're just kind of doing the nashville predators thing of like oh we probably we'll probably make the playoffs and if we do uh, maybe maybe we get into the second round that to me that's fucking loser shit that that's really like that shows you what a what a uh uh like uh um whatever mickey mouse league the nhl is where teams are like but if we get eight home playoff games that fun you know like that whereas in the NBA they're like, uh, yeah, our TV revenue, uh, we get like two billion dollars a year. What do I give a shit about <laughs> yeah. if people show up to the game or not? Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, when when owners say, "Oh, fans, fans wouldn't accept uh, a, oh. a rebuild," and I know you guys have had your <laughs> we, fair we share get of that, that more than I think any other team. I, I swear to God, the, I, John Shannon flyer, will go on the on national. Love saying that shit oh, yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, um, but John Shannon will go on national radio like once a week and say Canucks fans couldn't handle a rebuild. And I, I'm just like, you motherfucker. Yeah, I'm so uh, mad at you the, right now. The Bruins had it this year when people are like, okay, so what happens after Bergeron and Krejci retire, presumably at the end of this coming season? And the Bruins are like, well, we for sure will never do a full teardown rebuild because fans here won't accept it. And it's like, brother, when I was in college, there were like $17 Bruins tickets every Thursday night for <laughs> oh college students. Because nobody yeah. was going because they refused to do a teardown rebuild. And then yeah. it all the kind Canuck- of worked out for them in the end. But, you know. With the, yeah. <laughs> with the Canucks, there's like a 
a generational trauma of anybody that watched the team in 2011 because like with the the chara shit this week about oh god practicing yeah. <laughs> lifting up the cup or whatever he said in that radio hit um and you can just see how riled up everybody gets, including and also, like, Kevin Bieksa. Did you? Did yeah. you see his response? I haven't to that seen tonight? it yet. No, it I haven't seen it. I, I saw people posting. He's about it, just but. like, listen, guys, you're really calling into question the integrity of the leadership group, and I can't accept that. And it's like, aren't you like the fun, funny guy from Hockey Night in Canada? Like, are you supposed to be like? What kind of idiot would think we would do that? You know, like that kind of thing. Like he was just like just it, mad about it. It's and like it's, like, it's, it's it. the players. Yeah. It's the players this on both sucks, sides, man. right? Like they're still relitigating it, and it's like, well, uh, like eleven years Bruins, after, twelve playoffs. I'm after. happy to relitigate it because we fucking won. We won, right? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like if I if I'm the Bruins, I'm like, not like I'm not talking about it. Like I'm still fucking mad about it, but I'm definitely going yeah. like, oh yeah, no, this is how we fired ourselves up. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And and it, if I'm the Canucks, I'm like I don't know what happened in 2011. That uh, that doesn't that doesn't fucking sound familiar to me at all. Like I, I, think I just it, never I, talk about it again. I fucking blew it in the Stanley Cup final. It, it's oh, a yeah. very interesting series because I don't think that like you know the Chicago Bruins series where Chicago beat them for the cup or the St. Louis Bruins series. They're not looking back at it with the same sort of. I guess vitriol that we have as as Canucks fans yeah. because they've won a fucking cup before. It doesn't really matter as much, and yeah. Yeah. I think that series was a series that the Canucks were expected to win. They definitely like, were. For they sure. were the they oh, were yeah. the better team going into it, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know injuries and everything else surrounding it, whatever. Oh, did and, you guys want to relitigate the uh, suspension for that hit in the? Oh my god! Game three? god. Do, yeah, do you want to relitigate know. that too? Yeah. Oh, the, the hit Aaron that Rome. was a half second late. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if, if losing Aaron, if losing Aaron Rome, if losing Aaron Rome is is what lost you the Stanley Cup Finals, you weren't going to win the Stanley yeah, Cup Finals anyway. That's exactly but, right. That mm-hmm. and uh, you know the the Bruins had a goalie play better than for two oh, for three god. years had any goalie uh, play, no goalie played better than Tim Thomas did no, those three years with ever. illegal pads. But yeah, we with illegal pads. Yeah, he yeah, more stepped right. out because he used to be a Canuck, but they didn't have uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> We, like, don't, we don't care. We don't, we don't, don't care. You don't see this about. Here, here's my point, though, is the only thing that's going to like get us over this and like get rid of this trauma is the Canucks winning a fucking Stanley Cup ever. Well, and so any step that they take to actually do that instead of getting two games of playoff revenue against yeah. you know the Vegas Golden uh, Knights or whatever, if they win a cup, I can just like stop watching them. And we, I think, Aaron, we said, like, if the Canucks, when the Canucks, not when, sorry, I said if first, then I corrected myself <laughs> yeah, and said, when, what the no, fuck no, is wrong? No, 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 no. If, if the Canucks win a Stanley Cup, which we all know is not going to happen, but if it does happen, we're, like, not, we're done with the podcast. Yeah, That it's was over. the idea, right? There's yeah, no celebratory yeah. episode. What, yeah. what, what else would there be? But what I was going to say, you're free. Though, <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is, like, the problem for you guys is uh, you, go, you go to the Stanley Cup final, you lose in game seven at home. And then every year, it's just like this slow slide into fucking hell for oh. you guys, right? Yeah. Because, because I'm looking at the point totals now. Uh, uh, 111, 59, and 48, 83, 101, 75, 69, yep. 73, 81. And it's like you can't you can't win. Be, like you can't feel like you can get over it because you're like there's never been a season where they were even remotely that convincingly good. 
That's the yeah, real problem I, for you guys, I think. And yeah, here's 20, why so- 2011 killed the Canucks, and then I think 2012 with the LA Kings winning buried them for the next mm-hmm, decade yeah. because Aquilini took the total wrong lesson from that. So his lesson from that was, oh, an eighth place team can win the Stanley Cup. It's like no problem. Instead of like looking at the underlying numbers and realizing the LA Kings were not an eighth seed, they were like an incredibly stacked, insanely good team. Yeah, Jonathan Quick went like somehow finished that mm-hmm. season. Yeah, yeah. So that the the Kings, the Canucks losing the Stanley Cup in 2011 obviously sucked ass, but the Kings winning the next year is what really fucked them over. I think. And, and uh, it, moving, it's forward. not just the Canucks. That's like half the teams oh. in the league were like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. if I can finish eighth place. I just need everything to go exactly yeah, right for like, me for three months. And that, it's like, that and St. Louis, St. Louis coming yeah. from last place to win as well. With an Same AHL thing. goalie. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, that's not the less, that's an outlier. That's not the lesson to take. And, yep. oh. Has there been like a modern Stanley Cup winner that hasn't gone through a full rebuild? With St. Louis, maybe? Yeah, they've, they, St. Louis was just kind of like good for a while. Um yeah, they Washington went never... through the rebuild with with like Ovechkin and, and yeah, Maxim, obviously but like, like high picks. If you go far but... enough back, like they were dog shit in order to draft Ovechkin sure. in the first place. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like at some point there had to have been a re- like even with St. Louis, you know, they picked uh, was it Eric Johnson first overall. They were picking high for a little bit there, but like I think maybe St. Louis is the closest to like not the the typical rebuild. Yeah, I, I guess Boston too, right? Like. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Boston. Boston had a. a, a I mean, so Boston didn't do it in, in the traditional way, certainly, but they picked Tyler Sagan second overall. Dougie Hamilton right. was like eighth overall, and that was yeah. because they were turning assets that they they were doing the rebuild on the fly thing that other that teams are like one hundred percent convinced they can also do because the Bruins yeah. did it once, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they basically they basically just took Toronto's rebuild. <laughs> A hundred percent. But like, they were like, okay, who's a guy that we don't want on this fucking team anymore? Phil Kessel. And, uh, yeah. and well, they didn't, it's not that they didn't want Milan Lucic. They couldn't afford Milan Lucic and they turned him into mm-hmm. the Dougie Hamilton pick. And then they trade, but like they traded Sagan, they traded Dougie Hamilton, right? Like they yeah. also did a bunch of stupid shit and it didn't matter because they had Patrice Bergeron and Zidane O'Chara. But what if we trade our bad players only <laughs> for like a fifth round pick. Yeah, that'll work out great. <laughs> that was another Man, wh- take I saw this week is that the the Tyler Mott trade to the New York Rangers for a fourth round pick was, was bad because the Canucks lost so much leadership and the fourth round pick isn't going to pan out into anything. Do you, you so oh. here's the thing about leadership and and this will I guess bring us back to the Luke Shen thing. The thing mm-hmm. about leadership is you can sign any 31-year-old for $900,000 on July 14th. You can just do exactly. it. Exactly. And, and yes. then you have leadership again. These are guys, they've been around the league forever. It's, it's not well, it's like when, when, when the Canucks signed Jay Beagle to a long-term contract, <laughs> which is, I, I forgot about that until I just said that out loud just now. Mm-hmm. What a stupid contract that was. Oh my God. Um, but they signed him cause they were like, Oh, he just won a cup. That means he's good now because he just won a cup. Uh, and then who did Washington sign to replace him? Nick Dowd. The Canucks fourth line center from the year before who didn't know how to win. But like, it's, it, like good teams will, will look for players like that. And I will say, you know, I have my problems with the, the Canucks management right now. They're nowhere near as, as bad as Jim Benning, obviously. Um, but they do seem to be doing a better job of like mining value. From players like that, yeah, their their stuff around the fringes have been, I think, yeah, overall pretty pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. I wouldn't but, have given McKayev all that money given where the team's at currently, but... But he's been good. He's been good. He's a good you know? player. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, <laughs> yeah, he's undeniably a good player, but it's a lot of money and a lot of term for a guy who's it, like, oh, he was like the seventh best forward at times on the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aaron, did you do you have the article? This there's week a, there's a couple more out? things. Maybe, okay. we'll, maybe we'll save the article for later. Because I did okay. want to talk about some other potential trade destinations, like all the yes. stuff that's going around with Besser right now. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you you saw this, but apparently Montreal is interested. And then okay. that makes Dol- no sense at all. Dolly, Dol- well, for I guess long term maybe, or that they I can guess. get him a lower cost. But Dolly yeah. Wall reported earlier this week that during the bubble year. Uh, the Habs had made a big offer and a run at Besser centered around Romanov, a pick, and they're even willing to take back one of the Canucks bad contracts. Like oh, that the, hurts to hear. Oh my like God. The, like oh. the Jay Beagle or the Louis Erickson one. And Benning said no. Yeah, of course. I, so, not to defend Jim Benning then. But I will say Besser had more value at totally. that point than he, than he and, does now. Like, and he well, was good back then. I mean, but, yeah. I, Romanov was a, was a relatively high pick. If you're getting a first, mm-hmm. uh, a, a young prospect that people thought was yeah. going to be, he might he might have been an early second, maybe. I don't remember now, but I remember him going relatively high in whatever draft year that was. Well, they traded him to the Islanders for a pretty decent return, right? Like, Yeah, yeah they got a first round pick. Did that, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, if they're taking one of the bat, the fucking huge oh, yeah. amount of bat. Now, I guess the thing is, Jim Benning's like that's actually a good contract. I signed it. it exactly. That's, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> to him, that's not a bad right. contract. And to to him, I don't think he thought they had cap <laughs> problems because I don't think he knew they had a cap. I think he. I mm. think he. I think Jim Benning. Jim Benning didn't know there was a salary cap. He would just get a phone call from ownership, being like, "Jim, we're we're done for now. We can't we can't do anything else uh, this year." Like, I, I don't think he knew any of the numbers uh, or that there was a hard salary cap. But yeah, the, the Besser report. Oh, boy. Um, uh, the, the Besser God. thing is interesting because he was really the first light that Canucks fandom had after after 2011 because he was killing it in the NCAA. And then he came in yeah. and scored in his first game, was on pace to win the Calder until he got hurt. And then uh, what's his name took it? Uh, from the Islanders, Bar- not Barkoff. Uh, Barzell. The fast guy. Barzell, Barzell. that's yeah. him. Yeah. And then he just hasn't really panned out into the player that I think we as fans thought he was going to be. And so to let go of it now kind of shows that, that that rebuild didn't work. Well, that's what I said was going to... I mean, I, I deleted all my old hockey dipshit tweets uh, when I when I stopped watching the Canucks for two years, but I, I had several tweets where I was like, Besser is just going to be like our Jordan Eberle, maybe, or, or maybe our Magnus Payarvi Svensson. Like, he's like, we're going to trade him. We're going to... the. The real start of the rebuild, and I, and a few, no, I wasn't the only person to post this. A lot of smart people posted this, but the real start of the rebuild is going to be when they trade Bo Horvat. Uh, yes, which looks like it's going to happen this year. Yeah, um, it does. Oh, but it, it was better just, fucking it, happen. It was just so clear at the time to anyone with half a brain that just because they're picking high and have some good young prospects doesn't mean it's a proper rebuild when they're not doing any other rebuilding moves they're not acquiring picks you know they're not trading expiring contracts like well you know when the last rebuild ended right it was when they traded that first pick for jt miller 
because then they had had jt miller and Bo on like reasonable con like cheap cost controlled contracts for a few years Pedersen and hughes were on their like elcs if there's ever a time to push in it was it was then and i guess they kind of did with that bubble playoff but we're at like the tail end of the window closing now and there was one mickey mouse playoff performance to uh Oh God, so if, Aaron! I have to say, I, I love your your cats behind you climbing. Oh, they're cute, right? They're having a great it's, time. It's back so there. nice to see. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, God. I mean, the thing the thing with Besser, right, is first of all, like there are there are a million players this applies to, but you can't get into oh if he only stayed healthy, blah blah blah, right? Because there are just some guys like Brock Besser who are never fully like never healthy for a yeah. full yeah. year. Never, ever, ever. Even if it's flukish, right? Like he got a cut on his hand that got infected. It's not like a chronic back injury, but it just always well, happens like, to him. It's and like Sammy, players like that. Yeah. Sammy Sallow was an was so good. He was an incredible defenseman for the Canucks, and he like his injuries were fucking legendary. He, yeah. uh, I think he tore an ACL or an Achilles playing uh, bandy. Over in Playing Finland, floor hockey, and then I believe, floor, yes. yeah, 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 and uh, then my bit by the only poisonous snake in Finland. That's my favorite <laughs> sallow injury of all time. Somehow know. getting by bit by a poisonous snake in Finland. How is that even possible? Didn't he like have a testicle explode blocking a shot? Yes, yeah, that, he did. That did yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, but but in fairness, I think he came back like the next game. So hey, why not? Right. <laughs> Get it, you pop yeah. it out. I mean, if we're if we're if we're reminiscing about all time Canucks injuries, nothing will ever beat Brent Sopel. Uh, throwing his back out, bending over to pick up a cracker. Yeah, in the like, that's, first game of the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just that's the best one of all time. Right. One more, uh, one more trade thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Demko. Oh, I don't think they have the Kajuns to do it. If they did do no. it, that would be signaling like, "Hey, we're rebuilding now." Yeah, but how much would the <laughs> Buffalo Sabers want to get Thatcher Demko? Wouldn't that be a great destination for yeah, him? Yeah, or or the Kings. We have people in our Discord. Uh, Tim yep. is, is pushing for this in, in our Discord, but the Kings would be a great destination too. I think the problem, and people have acknowledged this, is that goalies like never have value in trades, even like really good ones like Thatcher Demko, uh, who has not been good this year, but has been good in the past. Um, I think you look at like the the Corey Schneider trade for the ninth overall pick. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the best you're going to do. Yeah. I'd take in, in Buffalo's the modern first era. for Thatcher Demko this season. I mean, Fuck that it. would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem is, you know, like, if you if you trade him now, you're trading him at the absolute lowest his value will yes. ever be until yeah, he's like 35 yeah. years old, right? So, like, he's been bad this year, and he is hurt, and he. Didn't he have like off-season surgery or of some kind? Am I right about yeah. this? Yeah, he so, like, did a minor yeah. procedure. Yeah. So, but it yeah. was like a hip thing. So if, I think it was. It becomes yeah. a situation where you could legitimately go. Well, if like this is just the post that surgery, Thatcher Demko, he's fucked, right? Yeah. yeah. And so and so your net like the the thing that you would want to do who was it was it Cody Hodgson the Canucks did this with where they were like we're giving you 9 minutes of power play time per game yes. and then they traded him yeah. at the end of that for Zach Cassian. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and so like if you could somehow do that with him where it's like okay you come back we'll really only play you against like the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, whoever. <laughs> like Unfortunately, we, this is the Canucks we're talking about. So those would all be five to four. Those are games. not guaranteed no, wins. For yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> um, 
but like if you could put him in a position where like oh you're super comfortable that he's gonna go 920 for a month and then you trade him that's one thing but i yeah. you know nobody's gonna trade for him right now just understanding what his uh injury also I, I i think if he was playing well the canucks wouldn't want to trade him so it's sort of like this catch 22 thing right of like they want to trade him now because he's not playing that well and maybe the season's not going like they expected but if he's playing really well then maybe they'll make the playoffs and we're not going to trade him now if we're going to make the playoffs you know so i think think he's 27 huh yeah he's just been around forever yeah like uh i mean look i think the canucks did a good job with his development like they they took as long as they needed to do and he's a he's a very good goalie obviously but goaltending is like just total voodoo right pretty much obviously spencer martin had a really good year last year hasn't looked as good this year but like you can just bring a guy over from like fucking finland or something and he'll be like the fifth best goalie in the league like it it's just like i i it's so i what i want the canucks to do for a couple drafts in a row is to pick the best player available in the first round and then with all of their remaining picks pick right hand demon and then like one goalie <laughs> for like for like two drafts in a row and and just like hope one or two of those guys hit because then you have a super valuable piece you yeah. know um uh, uh, yeah and and again to go back to uh you know how to rebuild that's why you want to have as many picks as possible uh which yeah, it's buying lottery I, tickets i cannot believe there are are fans of the, of the Vancouver Canucks who don't understand that at this point that it is good to have a lot of draft picks. Um, <laughs> maybe one day they will. Maybe one day the Canucks will make a trade for a draft pick. But, That'll be uh, crazy. Actually, Aaron, when, when they do that, we can end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to go over this. It's not a full article, but it's an IMAC tweet from 2017. Yeah, and it's uh, the projected forward lines for the Canucks for two to three years from now. Oh so, no! This is this is going to be okay. Really so bad. the first line is uh, uh, wait, how, Ryan. Do you want to guess some of the players who are on here? Because I have seen this and it's it's really really bad. What what year is this from, Aaron? Twenty seventeen. Okay. I, I got to tell you, I'm not going to be super familiar with like the Canucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, pipeline. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the players that he named are are no longer in the NHL. Yeah. I'll just say that. So, the, so the, the, the that's going to make line, it even harder for me. I'm sorry. Their, their projected top line in uh 2020. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll say two, and maybe you can guess the uh, the who would be the funny person there. Horvat, Besser, and yeah, I don't know. I this is Sven Barchty. Oh, Sven oh, Barchty, classic guy. <laughs> yeah. So like this this is just to, not to sidetrack it too much, but this is a classic no, thing where it's like uh, it, again, like especially writing for a prospects website, somebody will be like, you don't know. Who the Capitals' <laughs> sixth best D prospect is? Yeah. What are you doing? I thought you wrote about hockey for a living. It's like I can't. I cannot know. Look, I watch yeah. more college hockey than I'm going to say ninety percent of people who cover college hockey. Right? I go to more games. Yeah. I watch more on TV. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people go, "Oh, what do you think of this guy?" I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And I've seen <laughs> this guy play like four times this year or whatever. It's just how it yeah. is. <laughs> Second line, centered by Elias Patterson, pretty good, but his wingers are uh, Jonathan Dolan and uh, Jake Vertanen. Hmm, okay. Jonathan Dolan. Third line center. Yeah. That was a guy the Sharks <laughs> traded, right? The, you, you, uh, that, that, was the, that was the Hansen trade. Yeah. Right? yeah. We, got him, we got him from the Sharks, and then he ended up back with the Sharks. And it's like He did an NHL okay, yeah. but then yeah. he left and signed like a big deal in Sweden yeah. or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, now he's back. Third line, yeah. Adam Gaudet centering it, and on his wings are uh, Cole Lind and Jonah Gadjevich. Oh, and Gadjevich also playing for the Sharks. And he's the Sharks the player, against but... the Vancouver uh, this week. I think it was yeah. his second NHL goal. Yeah. And then the fourth line is Lockwood, Granlund, and uh, Goldobin. Oh, Granlund. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so... It's so. And, and to be clear, he was listing this uh, as like a good thing. Yeah. He was like, this, this is going to be good if this happens. <laughs> this is how we're going to win the cup, well, baby. If oh. all the projections panned out, it sounds like you have uh, two really good second lines and two... or. <laughs> Yeah, two really good second lines and two really good fourth lines. That's better yeah. than a lot. Of, most teams don't even have one good fourth line. The Canucks would have two. <laughs> that's something. That's something that, and I, I mean, I, I know every fan base is like this, but it really seems like the Canucks fans are like this, where they assume every prospect is going to pan out, and they also look at their team prospect list in like a vacuum. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we have uh, we have Jet Wu. Uh, do you guys have a Jet Wu? And it's like, yeah, we have like seven of them. We're an NHL team. I, I call this very much prospect brain where where like you go on like HF boards or whatever. No thanks. And, and, <laughs> sure. Um, and so in one of my columns every week, I find like the stupidest trade I can find on HF boards and just post yeah. it and go, this is fucking perfect. How, how are you going to beat this? And like oh, always, always, it's like – Vancouver says no, they wouldn't include their fifth best prospect in, in this trade for fucking Sidney Crosby or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, p- people aren't like it's the same thing where everybody's like, oh, our backup goalie, he could be really good if he just got a chance. And it's like, well, yeah. no, it doesn't work like that at all. But I, I don't think fans understand that there there are like three untouchable players in the entire league or there should be like, no, the, the, the there fact sh- yeah. is there's like 50, but there yeah. should be four. Yes. You know, and yeah. like, like if I'm a GM, like if I'm the GM of the Edmonton Oilers and someone calls me up and says, uh, would you be interested in trade and saying Connor McDavid? Uh, I would say, uh, you, you make an offer. Let's see. And most of the time I'm going to say no to that. But like, if you're, yeah. if you're giving me Connor Bedard, your three best players, you're taking some three of, first rounders, you're taking like, some of my bad contracts off the books. Yeah. I'm like, you know, Okay. I might think about yeah. that, you know, but yeah. but yeah. people, you know, people are just like, no, the guys on the team that I like, those are the best guys in the NHL cuz I I watch them every game. I don't watch the fucking Yeah. I don't watch the Florida Panthers. I don't know who any of those guys are. The best oh. thread ever on HF boards was by this guy, he was a Canucks fan who went by Kessler Kills Commies and oh, oh, he no. uh he uh it was like obviously a child that like I don't think English was his first language, but <laughs> he created this big thread on like the Canucks forum called the Ski Resort Under the Sea. Oh fuck, I and remember it was, this. It was for his uh, it was for a plan to uh, create <laughs> well a ski resort under the sea in Dubai, and he like drew all these pictures up in MS Paint describing how it would go. <laughs> Sick. Oh I can't God. find it right now, um, but I remember he, had, he had the best like signature on HF boards, and it said, "Yeah, the Flames are going to win the cup." That's right, the drinking cup from a contest. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> got him, man! Oh my um, God, I miss I miss posting on hockey message boards. I gotta get going. I on wanted that to again. do a couple of quick hits of around the league stuff with Ryan before we end. What's going on sure. with the, the Flames? What the fuck's what's up with them? 
Um, Jacob Why is Markstrom, Markstrom bad. Uh, so I have. The, I mean, you guys should know this better than anybody. I guess. Like, if you play Jacob Markstrom uh, fifty games, he's awesome. Once you play yes. that fifty first, uh, every <laughs> muscle in his body explodes, and he's <laughs> yes. fucking awful. And like, it's not just that he like is playing badly. It's that he tries so hard to overcompensate for the fact that he's exhausted that he's just like skating out to challenge shooters at the blue line and stuff like, and you're just like, what the he does that, that more goal than any goalie. Absurd. It's crazy. It happens all. I, and I, it happens regularly I don't, with him when he, when he's played too many games. I don't remember him doing that with the Canucks that much, but it feels like with Calgary, he's doing it like all the time or he'll like go behind the net and just like fall down. Yeah. Like um, it's rough, but like he, he's a classic guy where like, if you look at his stats year to year, they're mostly good, but yeah, what once he plays like 50 ish games, the wheels just completely come off and like yeah. down the stretch of many seasons last year included when it, when he was rightly considered like a Vesna guy, mm-hmm. um, just like his last 10 games and then into the playoffs, he can't fucking stop a puck because he's exhausted. And so. He played 63 games last year, which is, I yeah, it says here it's a career high. And so, like, he came out of the gate slow because they not only, uh, like, played him a lot in the regular season, they had, they, they went to, they played 12 playoff games. Yeah. So he, he got a lot of run out that he just never has gotten before. And so, like, his body just never re- – this is my theory anyway – is that his body just never really rebounded. And so he – you know, that's why they're giving him this rest right now. So, like, yeah. hey, maybe maybe relax a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because Ladar started, like, three in a row, right? And I, th- and I and think there's kind of no end in sight for that. They're going to they're gonna mix – uh, they mixed him in la- – he played last night and actually was pretty good in a loss to Columbus. Um, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> But like he, you know, he, he just can't go too much is, is my I, I'm theory. looking now and the flames yeah. like under the hood. They're all right. They have like a kind of bad PDO and they're controlling scoring chances. Yeah. And they, danger, um, blah, blah, blah. They so I'm sure much, they'll get. Oh, go ahead. Better? No, no, yeah. I it. think, I think they're kind of doing well. First of all, the th- I think the most important thing to say about why they're not scoring goals is how uh, they traded two MVP candidates from last year. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. That that's not going to help, and the, and much like uh, much like like the opposite of of a potential Thatcher Demko trade, they got Jonathan Huberto at like the absolute all time high yeah. of his value, and we're like, we got to sign this yeah. guy for another eight years beyond this season. Oh. Um, yeah, and well, he that was always the deal with the year. devil, right? Like they were going to be yeah. hopefully good for like two or three years, yep. and then go to hell. Yeah, I, we had a we had, we had a listener ask us about the Flames a couple of weeks ago, saying they were kind of the reverse Jim Benning because Free Living traded a lot of expiring contracts for picks that turn into like Shillington, Rasmus Anderson, yep. etc. Um, but but he is he I guess is it's a worked lot out like for Benning, all right? He is a lot like Benning in that he loves giving insanely bad contracts to extremely 31-year-old uh, winners. <laughs> um, and then the other thing from the league, uh, do you see this stuff about Ovechkin and empty net goals? He's, and the take that if 
if he's if he's going to b- break the record on an empty like, if he's about to break the record they shouldn't put him out with any empty nets cuz it would be like disgraceful to Gretzky's legacy. Yeah, but, like all of all of Gretzky's goals were empty net goals basically. Gretzky scored <laughs> Well, Ovechkin is now because so he has like three empty net goals in the last two games or something like that. And mm-hmm. so he, uh Ovechkin is I think maybe one or two empty netters behind Gretzky for the all-time record. <laughs> Yeah, but what 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 people pointed out when when Butchergross tweeted that the other night was like there were many many goals Gretzky scored that may as well have been against empty nets because uh, watch a game from 1983 and like explain to me what the fuck any goalie or defenseman is doing. <laughs> they're st- they're standing up and kicking at it, but uh, like very weakly. Like the goaltending is bad, but if you watch like the defending in the in that era, guys are just like kind of skating back and forth. <laughs> like just aimlessly in their own zone yeah. <laughs> and like just trying to like throw a stick at some it's fucking awful like unwatchable hockey i can't imagine why anybody would like think back fondly on those days <laughs> it, it, it anytime you see highlights from back then you're just like Oh, like how did every power play not go like 50% all year yeah you know you think like i could do that how hard could that have been uh well, right. Vetchin's what four goals away from eight hundred? Yeah, something I like think that. So, yeah, and and how is what so like eight oh three or eight oh seven? Yeah, I can't wait for him to break the record. That's going to be so sick. It's going to happen too. God like I, I said this, uh, like at the beginning of last year, and and I think I think my theory has been borne out by uh, the last two seasons or whatever season and a quarter. Um, uh, the entire Washington Capitals organization is now completely aligned with the singular ma- winning games, making the playoffs doesn't matter. The goal is get yeah. Alex Ovechkin, the goals record. That's all yeah, they yeah. fucking care. About. I yeah. 100. So I said that and people were like, fuck, you know, you don't know anything. And it's like, no, I think it's cool that that's the goal. I think that rocks. Yeah. yeah. They got, they got their cup. Who cares at this point? Exactly. Yeah. Think cool about all the, he all these saved guys the entire organization. Hurt. Yeah. 100, like, yeah. Uh, I, the other thing I said was like the contract they gave him is bad. I understand why they gave him that contract, but like mm. it's a stupid. But then someone was like, think about just like how many Ovechkin jerseys they sold and what like the value of those jerseys yeah. is. And I was like, and how oh, they will yeah. sell for like the rest of time. They should for, give him shares in the team. Like, they, I mean, they probably will the second he retires, right? Like he'll yeah. buy into yeah. it or whatever. Um, like, like, uh, like uh, Lemieux kind of. Well, yeah. it was a little different because he was like the owner while he was. Uh, yeah. While yeah. he's still playing, but yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if they played tonight, and or and if they score, or if he scored. If they, it looks like they didn't play. Um, but yeah, he is four away from eight hundred. Would you have yeah. ever thought any got anybody coming into the league? Like Yager played for like twenty five years and is only at seven sixty six. Yeah, That's and crazy. Ovechkin Ovechkin has been through what two lockouts or like one and a half lockouts, mm-hmm. I guess. COVID. Well, so he, he was he that is I guess the first lockout like he wouldn't have come over he, during that first lockout because right, he was he still signed in Moscow. Yeah. Um yeah. but like between COVID and two lockouts, he's basically lost like a little more than a full season. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So he'd he'd be he'd be at like eight forty right now, yeah, probably easy. or something. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's gonna be so cool. Yeah, it I can't really wait. Is. 
<laughs> especially because, especially because you know, going back to what we talked about before the show started, a lot of very stupid Oilers beat writers are going to be so pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah, and like, and you know, I, I always say this, but if he had been born in like Moscow, Ontario, nobody fucking says a word about any of this shit. God, yeah, no. for but, sure, yeah. yeah. But he's a <laughs> pussy European. <laughs> That's right. God. Well. well Aaron, are we? Uh, I think we're, at the we're end good. Here? I, think, I think the Canucks game has just started. Uh, yeah. Wait, are they losing yet? Let's no, see. not yet. Hmm. I was just they're they're being outshot two to one right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, so it's, it's still early. early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan, thank you for coming. Yeah, nice. Uh, where else can people find you? <gasps> uh, I, oh, Minnesota really nearly scored there. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> guess who's on the ice? Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, no, that doesn't make sense. Weird. He's on the ice for a scoring chance against. Now that, who's <laughs> going to buy that? Um, yeah, eprinkside.com is where you can find all my hockey writing and uh, Puck Soup, the podcast, like, and a Patreon and all that shit if you want to uh, hear me just say this kind of stupid bullshit um, for even longer episodes. <laughs> there you go and then Wonderful. two line pass on twitter yeah don't follow me on there I'm fucking <laughs> really trying to get out from under that whole thing <laughs> uh well yeah thank you again and Anytime. uh thank you everyone for subscribing yeah, to thanks, the, the patreon aaron what's what's the oh. url for the patreon patreon.com slash i hate this team all right oh well, yeah we'll see. they wouldn't let us do patreon goals but i want to s- because a, a John Taffer cameo costs like 480 bucks. So I'm thinking yeah. when we get to 500 bucks, we buy a a, a cameo like for Francesco yes. Aquilini saying 100%. everything the Canucks should do from John Taffer. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Okay. That's incredible. Yes, we have to do that. <laughs> so Patreon oh won't say it, but that's the goal. Okay. Five, if we hit $500 on the Patreon, John Taffer cameo where he yells at Aquilini. Yep. Perfect. Beautiful. All right. All right. Thanks again, Bye, Ryan. everybody. Bye. <laughs>